Hey guys, this is Taylor from the New York Gun Guys here. On today's episode, we have a very special guest in studio talking about the new CCW courses that are a must-have if you want to get a CCW license in the state of New York. But first, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and also follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts from. Let's get it. Welcome back to the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is Taylor. Guys, like I said in the intro, uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram. I, I post some news and some, some pictures and articles there every now and again. Also, it helps you connect with everyone else who follows the podcast, too. And uh, we can all get together and be one great community. Guys, uh, we have a very special guest today. Um, Lisa Ludwig is back in studio. We had her on in an earlier episode. She is the... Um, the CEO of She Trains You Incorporated, and I also had things written down here, which <laughs> I should have had pulled up. She is the president of the LI Women's Firearms Club, CEO of She Trains You Incorporated, and a certified trainer for a girl in a gun women's shooting rain, uh, shooting league. Lisa, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me again. Cool. I appreciate you guys. Yes, yes. It's good to have you back. And when all this was going on with the Concealed Carry Quote Improvement Act, um, you were one person whom I, I wanted to speak with, and we were speaking behind the scenes um, when all this was going on, and I was asking you about, hey, like, what's going on? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot of questions and a lot of unanswered um, things from politicians and people who actually passed the law. But now um, we do have classes that are being given for the new concealed carry permits that the state will now give us after the Bruin decision. So, Lisa, um, if you want, just tell us a little bit about uh, She Trains You and a little bit about it, and then we could get into um, just basically what this whole thing is now. Sure. Thanks again for having me. Um, yeah, this was a uh, kind of a, a an industry that I fell into mm -hmm. uh, because of a uh, almost a violent break-in in my neighborhood. Mm. So instead of just sitting on my couch and you know, doing nothing and complaining and being a keyboard warrior, yeah. I got up and kind of made a difference in my neighborhood. So Good. I got the training. I opened up the Long Island Women's Firearm Club, and uh, it became a really motivating space for women of all types of religions, uh, creeds, you know, sexual identities, whatever. It didn't mm -hmm. matter. You know, we all believed in two way, and mm -hmm. it's a non political space, which is really nice as well. So we don't have to really get into like you know Trump and Biden, whatever. Right. Um. So what happened was a bunch of guys would reach out and be like, "I want to train from you too," and <laughs> you know, I can't join the club. So I, I had to create something. So mm -hmm. that's where she trains you came from. Um. I'm also a uh, lesbian. Um, firearms instructor and a butch at that. So I did get misgendered a lot. So that's where the the name She, she trains, trains You came so from. So they know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it says She Trains You and it says instructor, I mean, I really hope that you can't, you know, misgender <laughs> me at that point. Yeah. Uh, so it's been it's been a great road. I work with a girl and a gun. I am their um, lead facilitator for the Long Island area, um, and I help with their training. And then um, I'm a video instructor, too, for something called uh, Women Gun Owners of Association of America. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they, uh, f I f I, I'm a filmed instructor, which is kind of different than working with people because, you know, the camera doesn't laugh back. And it's a, just a different uh, feeling, you know, as you, as you are training. Okay. And then uh, after that, I... Um, 
what else do I do? You know, I'm, a, I'm a martial artist, and um, you know this concealed uh, carry thing that just came out. You know, just like we were talking behind the scenes, nobody knew what was going on. Right, right. And then next thing you know, um, you know, every NRA instructor was doing it, and um, I took my time creating this curriculum because I didn't want to have a problem. Um, you know maybe being kicked back or not being approved. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I took about a month and a half, um, you know, past when everybody was kind of already doing these classes, like pushed them out real quick. Yeah. And I sent them out certified to each bureau and uh, had them binded professionally with all my information in it. You know, my staff's information, my insurance plan. I mean, the whole nine yards with a letter on it saying, you know, listen, you have three weeks, you know, to tell me yes, no, or indifferent what the changes need to be. Right. Otherwise, I'm going to deem myself approved by the DCJS and start issuing certificates. Right. So to backtrack from that, um, the state passed the law that said now we'll give concealed carry permits, but you have to take a 16-hour course or 18-hour or 16? It's like 16 lecture and two-hour live, okay, so, so it winds up being 18. 18 okay, correct. so 18-hour course. Um, but then they didn't give any guidance on it. Who came out with the rubric for it? Was it the state police that did so? It was a combination of the DCJS and the state police. Okay. And originally, that's who I thought was going to be the approving uh, entity, but it wound up being the local licensing area uh, agency that would be the, the approving Okay, agency. so in New York State, that's county level, so either Nassau, Suffolk, Westchester, and upstate. They... Correct, like one, okay. p one Police Plaza, okay. uh, Mineola, Yapank, so and the Riverhead. So the state, well, for the, the Long Island area, we're, we're Long Island people, so that's kind of <laughs> just what we know. I, I can't name a lot of upstate <laughs> counties, no offense. Um, um, so you have the state that said, okay, you need this course, and then this DCJS, and then the state police came out with this course, and then you had to submit it, submit your course. Now, there was a rubric I saw online a while ago, just kind of what, what you have to cover, but it didn't obviously give any substance. It's just like, talk about self-defense in the home, and then it was like, next line. And then, exactly. So then you have to take, you have to make that course up with, and do a lot of research because there's a lot of laws that need to be followed here in New York. It's not like in Texas or in other states where self-defense is kind of, that's just what it is. It's just black and white. Um, there's yep. a lot of gray that honestly has to get covered here. So then you have to submit that to the counties in which your um, the licensing officials operate. So down here it would be Nassau and Suffolk County for you, I would assume. Mm -hmm. And um, and then did they give you a yay nay green light or what? What? Because <laughs> so, you said that it's like nobody knows and nobody would give you an answer. So you you submitted it and then what happened? Good question. So depending on the county is yeah. how my answer is going to be. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Sounds so, about right. Yeah. It, it's true. So yeah. first I'll start off with Suffolk County. Okay. Suffolk County is currently under a ransomware attack for $10 million. Yeah, I know. I heard about that. That's really kind of funny. <laughs> so yeah, and it's been since, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I think September 8th was when it started. Mm -hmm. So it's now what, October? End of October, 20th, 22nd, yeah. yeah. So it's you know about a month and a half now, and it's so bad that the dispatchers are handwriting the 911 calls and handing them to the dispatchers. Like, it's that bad. So anyway, so they're off. Like, I went actually yesterday to put my CCW certificate in oh, okay. because as funny as it is that I teach the class, right. I had to take the class myself. Right. So I t brought mine in, and I asked the lady, has any CCWs been issued yet in Suffolk County? And she said no, mm. because of the ransomware thing. So she said once the ransomware thing kind of ends, which she said hopefully will be soon, whatever. Yeah, okay, so um, <laughs> not, not my it should go quickly, and I'm yeah. doing air quotes. If yeah, you, know, yeah. you guys can't see us, but I'm doing air quotes. Right. It should go quickly. 
Um, this was what I got. So uh, that's the Suffolk County answer. The right. Nassau County answer is uh, there's one of the main lieutenants there. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to blow him up. But uh, <laughs> he's the man. And uh, he called me uh, right away pretty much. I would say I sent it on like a Monday and by like Friday I was called by him. And wow, that's fast for Nassau County. No doubt. I was actually quite taken back by that that he personally called me mm. he didn't just like write an email because i left all my information right. so he called me and he was like lisa he's like lieutenant whatever and i'm like hey sir how are you? you know i'm like bugging out yeah. my stomach's in my throat and he goes i love your content he's like one of the best contents i've ever seen put together well put together and um you know just fantastic he's like very professional he's right. like i'm like so does that mean i get your like full approval and he's like you absolutely get okay. my full approval so he loves me we're good um and uh we've already had a bunch submitted uh between nassau suffolk and one police plaza and i haven't had a problem yet good Should nassau be good. county Knock has been one. getting a lot of um a lot of graph lately there's <coughs> been lawsuits going on because of their practices they're they're still really kind of dropping the ball in a lot of things then i don't know if you heard they were requiring a drug test for uh ccw applicants and no other county in the united states is doing that not even chicago or even new york city is doing that and i um there's there's been a lot of lawsuits going on with them so i'm glad that they actually got back to you about it in a timely manner so that way you could proceed with giving this course now um it, it's it's kind of a big i, I spoke about it in the past my, my view on it is it's like before, they wouldn't give you a concealed carry license, and if they did, you didn't need to take this course. Now, you have to take this course in order to get the CCW. Upstate counties don't have to because they give permits for life up there. Downstate, you do. So there's still a lot more going on with this. So um, tell us about a typical class. So like you have a class now. It's 16 hours classroom instruction and two hours of live fire. So um, tell us about a, a typical class. Like... Um, you know, how many people are in each class, kind of what maybe a demograph breakdown is, man, woman, you know, different different uh, demographs. So tell us about that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah, um, I keep my classes small because mm -hmm. it gets dangerous really yeah. fast. Um, there's a lot of new shooters right now that are going straight from CC, to, uh, straight from like their sportsmen or don't even have a uh, license yet, right. but you can if you are training for your CCW with a duly authorized that's, instructor. That's another thing that, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's no. one thing that, again, they didn't give any guidance on beforehand. It's like, well, how do you get a CCW if you can't touch a pistol before... You, you, so people were like, well, how does this happen? It's useless. It's this, is this. So elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, in the uh, penal code, I forget the exact number it is, yeah. but it's in there, um, that if you are training for CCW with a duly authorized uh, instructor, you can touch a handgun without a f uh, license currently. Right. That is, that's a big deal. Oh, huge. And it was, do you know if that's a new thing that they put in? It is. Okay. Because it didn't make any sense. It's like, all right, if you now have a constitutional right to get a CCW, but you have to get this other permit first and then do that, it, it, it didn't make much sense. And everyone's like, well, how do I get take the CCW course if I don't have a gun or if I can't touch one? And exactly. Yeah, it, that's a big deal. It's true. But here's the issue is that we're getting all these new shooters who have never touched a handgun in their life. Yeah. Okay, this we where, where me and Taylor live, we live in an area where... We didn't have grandpappy sh training us on our properties, mm -hmm. you know, what a twenty-two shooting squirrels. That's not how we grew up. Yeah. We grew up on, on Long Island where we can't shoot in our backyards. Right. And in most places. Gun, <laughs> well, yeah. And gun was a dirty word. 
So it's a different mentality here to yeah. train. So now we're going from people who have never touched a gun to they want to carry it on their bodies. And right. you know just as well as me, to shoot a handgun is hard. It's very difficult. It is. And it requires consistent training mm -hmm. and practice. And right. there is a difference between training and practice. I don't think people know that. Training is like hiring an instructor. I'm going to train you. Practice is like going home and doing the work yourself on your own time mm -hmm. and being like, you know, uh, constructive criticism to yourself. Because a lot of times we wind up beating ourselves up yeah. and being like, you know, I suck. But that's not good constructive criticism. What happened? Did I not see the sights? Did I, you know, whatever. That's important. Training to me is also kind of pushing your boundary a bit. So you you go to somebody with more knowledge and more experience to teach you things that you don't know. So you're pushing an envelope. You're pushing a boundary that then you take those skills and then you practice with them on your own. And then yep. that's when you do your self-reflection, criticism, whatever. And whatever's on the target is the proof. You exactly. know, that's, that's how good it is. You know, I have very limited experience shooting handgun and it is very much more difficult than shooting a rifle. Just, you don't have as many points of contact. There's a lot more variables. Uh, recoil is different. Um, ammunition is obviously different too. The sights are different yes, because the different. sights are up very you know, by your eyes, out, yeah. and then when you have a handgun, they're way down by the end of your hands. It's yeah. very hard to, to do that. Plus, them being close together like that, they're very unforgiving. Right. So if you're off just even a sixteenth of an inch, you'll be off about right. eight inches at ten yards. Yeah, the that's a lot. The benefit, though, of a handgun is that most defensive handgun um, distances are shorter than what would be engaged typically with a rifle, and you know, in most instances. Right. And even you know, military doctrine too, like back even in World War II, they would issue M1 and M1 M1 and M2 carbines rather than a handgun to people like tank crewmen, vehicle drivers, you mm -hmm. know, uh, medics who wouldn't be as good basically with a handgun. So they issued a small caliber rifle with that. Right. Um, okay. So you, so what kind of, so you said you keep the classroom size small because you want it to be a safe, um, kind of well-learned environment. What type of people come to your classes? Yeah, um, in regards to keeping it safe, I have, yeah. um, so we, we, we work at the Nassau County Rifle and mm -hmm. Pistol Range, and they have five points. We rent a private room, and I bring my full staff. So okay. every single point has a range safety officer slash NRA instructor at that point working with that client. Okay. So they're never alone. And like I was saying before, these newbies who've never touched a gun before, they're like sorely mistaken that when they come up to the two-hour <laughs> live fire you know, most of them are having difficulties hitting, and it's not even that bit, uh, small of a target. Did right. you see the what the size was? I haven't seen the target you're size. Go, you're going to die. Ready for this one? <laughs> I, I, I like, it's almost a joke. Okay? okay. It's two feet, 25 inches, basically, yeah. and a half by a foot, which is like 11 and a half. So it's basically a torso size, like a human torso, exactly. chest and belly. Yep, it's At big. what distance? 12 feet. 12 feet? <laughs> it's like the size of this room. <laughs> Ready for this one? Guess how many shots? I don't know how many. Four out of five. Got to make it. Wow. That's it. I mean. That's nothing. Yeah. I could do that blindfold over my weekend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> honestly. Okay. But that's a typical self-defense engagement. It is. Engagement. But it's a big target. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you can anticipate the hell out of that thing. And right. And still make target. Yeah. You know? Okay. So. Is it yeah. that you have to hit within a certain zone within yeah, that target? Yeah, it's like a box. Okay. You know, so it's, okay. it's like torso size, okay. just like you said. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I guess to hit a body, I guess, would be the... <laughs> right. That's the goal. The reference. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, um, you know, it is what it is. It's a well-controlled environment. Yeah. It's not under pressure. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we need to have our skills in line when we go to a range, but we have to do other training as well, like decision-making skills, right. like working under pressure, 
you know, those That's things. That's the big one. You know, working in low light, no light. Yep. You have to add other elements, uh, holster drawing. Like mm-hmm. these people think that they're going to walk around with a holster. They don't even know what holster to buy. You know they're buying the gimmicky oh, shit that's on yeah, Facebook. Oh, yeah, the Safari Land or, or the, the uh, yeah. Serpa. Uncle, yeah. Or the Sticky. Yeah, or you the know, Pocket Holster. Or the women with the uh, belly oh, band, you know, yeah. and it's like, come on, girls. You know, like we could do better. Listen, girls, if any girls are listening, and I hope they are, girls Maybe listening. Maybe a few. I-, I hope so. Please don't buy anything dipped in pink or purple because <laughs> they literally hide shit in that. Yeah. So please don't. Um, be better than that. <laughs> like, like, you ever yeah. see that movie? Like, be better than The Gap? Like, <laughs> be better than pink and purple. But, um, yeah, so my demographic in my class is mixed. And you would think there would be a lot more women. Uh, you know, my first class, which were, like, my buddies. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it was a lot more women. But right. the second and third class... Nah, it was a lot of men. And a couple of men came in and they were like, you know what? I really, really thought I was going to see a lot more women in here. And I'm kind of shocked. It's Ooh, like a sausage factory. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was hysterical. Yeah. You know, but they wound up being really good guys. My last class specifically, my class number three, um, they bonded so well um, that when we were done with our test, I said, you guys are done. You have done your, you know, 16 hours. You're free to go. But if you want to hang out in the other room, we're going to do some dry fire practice. And, you know, it will benefit you. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to stay. It's not required. But if you want to, you're more than welcome to. All 12 of my students stayed. That's good. I thought that was a huge testament yeah. to, one, my instruction, and two, that how it engaged and how they wanted to better their shots. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them passed. Yeah. Um, it was a fa- And they had great groupings, too. Good, good, good. What? Yeah. So you have a basically a, a just very demographic, which kind of is representative of the area we live in, too. Men, women, old, young, different racial uh, Everybody. Up, makeups. Um, so what type? So, okay, so somebody comes to your class. We spoke a little bit about the, the, the firing portion, but um, you had brought your laptop here. Um, so they come to the class, and what are some of the most important things that you talk about in the class? Obviously, we're not going to go over your whole class here because that's what somebody yeah. has to come to you for. <laughs> right. But, um, but so what? What are the, the what, what? What were the things that you wanted to stress mostly with this class? What What were the important things that the state wants covered, like the most important things, but also what you wanted to cover as well? Good question. So the first thing, uh, what the state wants us to cover, obviously, is that, you know, that outline that was given to us. Right. So literally, just like you said, like one of the lines would say adverse reactions between drugs and alcohol as it pertains to firearms, 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like you've got to fill that in. Right. You know, so I literally sat down and just every bullet went over every single thing, one after the other, and just banged it out to best of my knowledge. Unfortunately... The DCJS and the state troopers feel that we are mental health counselors, we are substance abuse <laughs> counselors, and we are also suicide awareness coaches. <sighs> Unfortunately, that got thrown into our lap. So we had yeah. to kind of do what was best in our behalf. So I, you know, I'm not a counselor, and I right. say it in my training. It's like one of my first slides. Like, I'm not an attorney. I'm not, you know, all those things I just said. Yeah. So this is what they t- made me tell you. So right. I'm only doing the best to my knowledge. Right. Unfortunately, if you want to get more information, you have to do that yourself. Right. Um, also, in terms of anything changing going forward, if you look on the bottom of my uh, little uh, thing, it yeah, says updated. updated. Yeah. Because every single time the NASA guy, because he's the best, and he calls me all the time, probably like once a week with like an update on what I can put in my course and what I have to take out. 
is super important because mm. if these instructors are out here instructing and they are not approved by this guy, he is not letting you know what's going on in your county. Right. I guess it's also dependent on what new laws, new lawsuits, uh, temporary, uh, you know, everything that that's going on with the courts. So if they say, hey, this got deemed, uh, you know, struck down, you don't have to talk about this or this isn't. So obviously you don't want to have to. You, you don't want to do that. Exactly. You want to keep or it. I have to add something right, in. Right. And that's really what's happening. Every time he calls me, I have to add more and more in. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah. where does this end? Right. And, you know, he even laughs. So, you know, it is what it is. We have to just, you know, if we want a CCW right now, that's what we have to do. We have to follow the law. It is what it is. You know, the laws only you know, affect the law-abiding citizens. Yes, the yes. Obviously, the criminals are not right. doing this. We know this. Yeah. But this is what we have to do right now. Hopefully, and, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not really political, you know, and I'm not really like Trump or anything mm-hmm. like that. But the point is, is if Zeldin doesn't get in, we are going to be up a creek. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Zel- I spoke about it on previous episodes. Really, Zeldin would, just not to not to get too far off topic here, but what he will do is basically be that wall that says, hey, no more. Obviously, if you still have a majority in the Senate and the Assembly, they could still pass laws, but he he doesn't sign them. And it's like, no more. You, you Your free ride's over. Right. Like, this is enough. And obviously, he could go back, and then they will go to court. But, like, he will just basically be that, that brick wall to stop things. And he could also limit funding. He could tell the state police not to enforce things. He, could, he can't reverse laws, but it is a step in the right direction. So if anybody, like I said... Uh, I posted on it about a few days ago on Facebook. November 8th is fastly approaching. So get out there, vote, bring a friend, carpool, go get some food afterwards, make a day of it, whatever. Um, get out there and vote. So anyway, that little aside, <laughs> yeah. um, that, that, so that, that said, um, so, so yeah, certain things that you have to talk about. So can we go through a couple of slides yeah, and of just course. see what's, so, what's cooking in here? So you know, obviously we have like our housekeeping, like don't touch your guns. I yeah. want to live. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Very important. Yeah. You know, cause you know, sometimes you tell people don't bring your guns to right. the first day of classroom, but and you know, so you got, you, you got you, you, your rodeo dude Safety. that just has to come yep. in with his, you know, his piece. So, you know, just don't. You don't touch anything. Um, and then I do have a little snippet about myself, right. you know, my background. I actually just went through uh, active self-protection. I think we talked about this last time with John Korea. Yes, you He's got did. like three million uh, subscribers. So he, uh, I'm certified through. Also, that, so, so awesome. just reading off some of your credentials here, you're NRA instructor, rifle and pistol, mm-hmm. NRA chief range safety officer, Stop the Bleed certified, Glock certified armor, New York State Armed Guard, and UTM certified. What's UTM? It's Ultimate Training Munitions. So basically it's Was like- that munitions stuff? Kind of like a okay. munitions, exactly. All right, cool. Excellent. All right, yeah, I just wanted to get some more of your certifications yeah, of out there so people know who I'm speaking Thank with. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I try to train all the time. I just got back from Kansas um, mm-hmm. with training with Active Self-Protection. They had a national conference. Oh, cool. And it was awesome. We had some very high-level um, I love their videos. Oh, God so good the guy brian hill from yeah. the complete combatant if i can kind of plug him a little bit <laughs> this guy is like the golden nugget that you've ever seen in your life cool i love watching him on videos because i can actually rewind him because he's he drops so many nuggets so quickly i can't even like absorb them in person mm. i like it in video so i can go back yeah <laughs> he's so good but anyway really good dude um a lot of good things is that this, you know, it all depends on you. Like, if right. you can have my CCW certificate, that's great. But if you're like 
on social media, which is what they're looking for I in know. Nassau County, unfortunately, right now. Ugh. Even though it's under appeal, if you're still going right now, right. they're doing that right now. It's ridiculous. So if you're going on social media and killing cats and right. like saying fuck Joe Biden and fuck Trump or whatever, well, well I mean, even that shouldn't deny I you. I agree. Killing cats, yeah, but <laughs> freedom of speech. I get it. And that's what a lot of people are concerned about. They're worried that if you don't fit the particular mold yep. of, let's just say, if you're a conservative here, if you're against the the county or the state or the government or if you have a a certain opinion that they would be denied you shouldn't be if you're legal and law-abiding you shouldn't be fearful of what your freedom of speech is to be denied a right that's it's such a slippery slope it is and us getting into that is is why they're being sued again on the second uh case from nyserpa versus bruin on sensitive places and how it's unconstitutional. Yes. So this, it's going to stop, but it's going to take years. I uh, mean, this probably will I take, I, I, in my opinion, probably, it took seven years to get where Bruin was. Right. It's probably going to take another seven to, to work this well, out, honestly. Well, at least honestly. New York now is the battleground for it. It was always New York was forgotten about, and California was the test bed. Now New York is the test bed. Big organizations, Firearms Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, are now on board. Yep. So that is a big deal for us. I know another per, a couple of personal people that are also suing uh, yes. Suffolk County and... Uh, even you know some of these certificate mills, which we didn't really get to talk about. Yeah. Of some talk of about inst- that a little later. Little instructors that are giving out. Yeah. The problem is they're giving out either not enough information, mm-hmm. or they're giving out the wrong information, right. or it's not engaging enough where people are falling asleep, right. so that when they go out in the world, they're already losing their licenses immediately. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about that it's a little terrible. later. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So, you know, I'm not a lawyer. We talked about it before. <laughs> I, 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 put, I put alcohol wrong again. Damn, I keep forgetting to fix that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that. I'm like a pet peeve that I have to fix that. All right, anyway, so this is what we basically go over. This is like that uh, outline uh, that we were going over. It's just a 16-hour firearm training course and then the two-hour live fire, which is on, right. the, on the bottom. But basically, we go over every single one of these, and just because the listeners can't see, it says application process, state and federal laws, gov- uh, general firearm safety, basement basic mar- marksmanship skills. Oh, my God, I'll say that 10 times. Uh, situational awareness, uh, conflict de-escalation, conflict management, suicide prevention, impact of drugs and alcohol. Yeah, so all that stuff we go over, and then including the basics of just firearms right my normal like get up as this is a gun don't point it yeah which i love i love that part of the training it's like but now i have to go through like literally almost five hours of straight sensitive place laws from literally almost a to z it's terrible it's it's very awful it is so we go over the firearm you know life stop permanent so here's here's a fun thought if if you don't have that green sign in front of your window it's a um, felony Right, so if it's a no sign, it's a no. And if it's a red sign, it's a no. Right, so they changed the law. So for people who might not know, um, it used to be that unless you specifically prohibited firearms on private property, then it would be illegal for somebody to bring a a firearm on. But now, all private property is presumed to be not allowed unless somebody says you can. So before, if you were to go to a gas station and you didn't see a sign in the window that prohibited a firearm, you were good to go. Now, if there's no sign in the window, it's a class E felony for you to bring your legal, lawfully carried firearm there. Correct. So, yeah. So that's uh, it's kind of it's kind of crazy right now, and right. Uh, you know, just some requirements we have to go through a lot of <laughs> codes. I mean, tons of them. We go over them through you know different websites, uh-huh. different you know always you know my my opinion in any state. 
as I know you have other people listening here, always go to a .gov. That's always the best yeah, resource. Not Reddit. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love Reddit. I was saying you I get, quote Reddit a lot. I, well, because a lot of people, they break the stories in the news True. there. So like, True. they'll say, hey, this new lawsuit is out, and then you go to the state website right. to find it. So I, I, I do... I do troll the New York Gun subreddit quite a lot for that you kind do. of information, yes. but I've also found some really good information. Like um, the last on one of our last episodes, he, he was a local attorney, Mr. Kamenshek, who is suing Nassau County to accept the, the P, PBS three form upon receipt. So Nassau County, you have to do all this nonsense, and they won't take the state form, but the state law says that they have to take it. So he actually sued and got a TRO mm. against the county for them to have to accept it on day one. So here's he had it. He got his own fingerprints done at a police station uh, mm. for twenty dollars instead of eighty five. Mm. So he got his fingerprints done. He had his character references. He had a state form filled out. He went to go submit it on day like walk in, submit it, and they wouldn't take it. So he because he was a, a labor law attorney and he filed <laughs> suit just for him because he's like, I, I don't want to bring anybody else on. I'm just this is a wrong thing. He's he's not a huge gun guy. I spoke with him on, on Reddit chat a little bit. And he's like, I wanted to do this because I saw it was wrong. And mm. that's, I found him on Reddit. So like, yeah, Reddit is a great place and there's also a lot of bad information on there. Yeah. But I do get a lot of information on there. So thank you, Reddit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's good. But again, you know, for legal matters, yes, you go to doc. Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> it might be an eye opener, but we can't, you right. know, just go by that. Always look for qualified references. One thing I learned in college, references are key. Right. You know, quality ones at least. So a bunch of laws. I mean, literally. I mean, I'm going to go through wow. literally a lot tons of and Jesus. tons and tons. A lot of sensitive tons. places. I mean, this is oh like five God. hours of storage and how to do it. This is a NASA County chapter yeah. on itself. Okay, With the whole drug test. The whole drug test. All the things you have to do. How to do it. You know, la la la. You know, keep going. Jesus. Only you guys. Now we do deadly fours. We yeah, do all that. That's a biggie too. That a lot of people. <sighs> I, I was actually. Um, I I had the wrong idea about deadly fours. I didn't realize that Nassau, uh, that Nassau, that New York had a castle doctrine law. Mm. I wasn't aware of that. I thought it was just no like, law. <laughs> well, yeah, like I, we didn't have a law. <laughs> I thought it was mostly because there was that case. There was that that incident that happened a year or so ago in in West Babylon where that New York. Off-duty New York uh, police officer. I think it was a detective. Somebody broke in his home, and he used deadly force. And the whole news is like, yeah, there's actually castle doctrine law in New York where you, if it's inside your home, obviously you you have a duty to retreat. But at the same time, you you have a lot more leeway given to you if it, instead of it's outside the home or whatever. So I'm sure that a lot of people have. What about this scenario? What about this oh, scenario? All, all that, and it's. I'm sure it must be very difficult or. You might not know. I mean, it can go down a lot of rabbit holes right. really quickly. Well, what if he yeah. comes in this room and, and I'm over him. here <laughs> and my baby's in my arms? And it's yep. just... so duty to retreat is only really for outside the home and it's not inside your okay. home. That's if you know you're outside, you have me going on you, and you know I get in a fight with you. Right. I put my hands up and I say, "Dude, I yeah. don't want a problem," and I retreat with my fingers up, yeah. and then you still come at me. Then I can hurt you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But if inside my home, I do not have to retreat. But I do tell my students, you know, try not to just go for the door because the problem is they'll say, hey, you know, he was drunk. He had a seizure. He made a mistake. He was supposed to go to Avenue instead of Street. The Uber dropped him off right. on the wrong one. He was drinking. I mean, there's so many different ways they can play with that. Yeah. So there's no reason to do that. Have him come in your home. You know, yeah. let him come, and he came after you. you know? Especially in New York State where they want to, <clears throat> let's just say, vilify gun owners or gun ownership and use that as an example of why we won't, we shouldn't be able to have the right to defend ourselves Correct. with a firearm. 
And a lot of people don't realize this about imminence, right? Because that's one of the reasons we can use deadly force, right? It means right now and then. That's what imminence means. So if me and you got in a fist fight and you kicked my ass and I went out to my car to go get my gun and I came back, and got, came back in here and killed you, that's murder. That's right. not self-defense anymore. Right. So imminence is a problem when, you know... You know, we, you know, if if I'm going to do what I have to do, it's got to be on me at that right. moment in time. You it, know, so it's kind of like what we saw in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse, where he was on his back and the guy was had the gun pointed at him. And well, at first he didn't have the gun pointed at him and he didn't get shot. And then he pointed the gun at him and then he got shot. So it's a very real thing that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, what happens is if they say, you know, we're supposed to shoot center mass, that's where and in front. Right. Yeah. Can't typically. shoot the side or the back because then we're a vigilante. We were going after yeah. them. Right. So what happens is if you say I meant to shoot him in the arm or something, they're going to say, you know what? That's not imminence anymore because right. you had had that moment to, to make a decision yeah. to change. Oh, my God, I'm going to just do what I have to do to right. oh, I'm just going to injure him. And that's what a lot of people too. They're like, "Well, couldn't you just shoot him in the leg or shoot him in the arm?" It's like it doesn't work like that. And think about it too, in, oh in terms of size. Yeah, like your body's way bigger than a no. leg or an arm. I want to give one of these people a firearm and just try and see see that soda can ten <laughs> ten yards away. Hit that, or that two liter bottle that's about the size of a leg. Hit that. Try try and hit that. Try. Oh, and it's it's. I'm stressing you out. It's coming after you. Oh, and, and it's moving. Yeah, and it's moving. Yeah, try that. It's uh, good. We're going to take a quick break uh, right now, and then we're going to get back into it. Hi, this is Lisa Ludwig, the CEO of She Trains You Incorporated. She Trains You is a firearms training and practical self-defense to company uh, located on Long Island, New York. We can come to you or you can come to us. We work on many ranges on Long Island. We work privately in your home for a CCW training as well as um, coming to Electrospace. We do many things, uh, women-related, women empowerment-related, as well as working with men, too. Um, we really, you know, we don't turn anybody away. We work with children as well. We do children's self-defense. We do real estate uh, safety events. We actually have one coming up um, in the end of October. So if you are interested, you can go to um, my website, uh, shetrainsyou.com. And check it out from there. We also have a couple of open classes coming up for a CCW training. Uh, we we work out of the Nassau County um, Rifle and Pistol Range in Uniondale, New York. Uh, we have a few classes coming up with a couple of openings. And uh, it's a great class. Uh, it's very engaging. A lot of our students had very positive feedback. And, um, you know, you really need to be an armed, responsibly armed citizen in this world because no one's here to save you. That is your rescue equipment. So learn how to use it effectively and learn how to use it legally. If at the end of the day you do have to pull that trigger, there is a lawyer tied to every one of those bullets. So please, please go out and get some qualified training. If you have any questions or if you'd like to reach out to me at any time, my phone number is 516-749-8650. That is my personal cell. And you may uh, email me at uh, shetrainsyou at outlook.com. And again, my website's www.shetrainsyouyou.com. Thank you. All right, everyone. We're back here with Lisa Ludwig, Ludwig from She Trains You. We're going to get back into our discussion here. 
So uh, we were talking about the course and what's in it and everything that's involved in it. So we could kind of continue with that. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, basically how to travel, you know, in your car, we would go over uh, how to travel through the airport and stuff like that. Um, this is an important one here. Reciprocity in 2022. Yes, this is a good one. Uh, what's great, too, is that our New York State license automatically gives reciprocity. It took me a long time to get that word down, by the way, um, in other states. And as you can see, it's probably about, what, eight states, one, two, three, I thought four, nobody five, recognized six, New York State ten. permits. They do, 10 of them, but and that's permitless carry, basically, okay. at that point. So those are the 10, which I can't really see from here. Like, what is that? Um, uh, Montana, South Dakota. Idaho, Indiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, North Carolina, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire. So those are there states that have permitless carry? Permitless carry. So okay. they would basically honor our... Uh, New York license. Everywhere else, if you wanted to carry in the in basically forty eight states, you would have to do another class called the Utah, yeah. the Virginia, the Florida, and there's I think uh, another one. that's another one. But there's another one that I'm missing: Virginia, Utah, Pennsylvania, Florida. Uh, I forgot. There's one more. Uh, Arizona. Did I say that? I Arizona, I think, has permitless carry now, or they have non-resident. But well. when you do Arizona, it opens up other states. Right. So then you wind up being to be able to carry forty-eight states, which okay. is pretty cool. And it depends on the state whether you can carry uh, open or concealed, and right. you have to follow their guides on that part. Yeah, magazine restrictions as well if states have them, which most don't. But <laughs> one of the greatest resources I can give to your listeners is HandgunLaw.us. is basically a, a a company that goes to the attorney general every thirty days and checks on their laws on their handbook. Okay. And if there's any changes in that law in that state or whatever they will notify you because oh, you, nice. you know just as well as me if say suffolk updated their handbook they're not notifying us right. that is up to us to right. figure that out okay right so you know traveling with the tsa we were talking about before yes you can travel to yes. an airport but there is some gray area to that go ahead Taylor. yeah no i was <laughs> i was going to say that the concealed carry improvement act sensitive places places listed transportation hubs as a place that now you cannot carry a firearm into which you're not concealed carrying if let's just say you're going to an airport it has to be in a locked container ammunition separate and original boxes firearm unloaded and you have to declare it at the ticket counter right correct like i actually declare it at the curb and to my curb. shock they say walk right inside with it which oh. to me is like what <laughs> okay okay yeah you know when i walked over to the main you know desk and i said hi i would like to declare an unloaded firearm and the lady kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure in JFK, or let's just say, for example, JFK, there's, you don't get that too often. Other parts of the country, I'm sure it's very much more common. But here, a lot of times you see misconceptions about like, oh, uh, you can't fly out of JFK because the minute you bring that gun into the borough of New York City, you're now a felon or all this other stuff. Um, any any information you could give on that to some people? Yeah, I mean, in that regard, as of what the training that we are, we were required to put into right. this course, it says that you can do an uninterrupted continuous travel through the five boroughs, New York City, until you get up to say Westchester. At that okay. point, you're kind of free to do what you want, but you got to follow the laws, you know, in that area. Okay. Um, as for going to the TSA, um, once you declare and you're going to an airport with it unloaded, you're not concealing it. Right. So it's a little bit of a different story at that point. Um, you know, as long as you follow the guidelines from TSA gov and the carrier themselves you should be fine okay 
Um, but just make sure that uh, a, a nice tip is that if you can open up that case at all, like, you know, like the really long locks with the, what is that, like the shank on it or whatever, it's really yeah. long. If you're able to open it up at all and get your fingertips in there, they won't uh, let you pass with that uh, mm. case. So it's got to be fully non-rip-apartable. Um, like a pelican would be a good right. one. Right. Yeah, and if it has four holes for four locks, you got to have four locks. Okay, like you can't just do like one on each side and call it good. Okay, it's yeah, good to know. It's a good tip. Um, yeah, and then we just go. Let's see. So situational awareness. Very we do important. you know some odor looping stuff, de-escalation, drugs and alcohol stuff. Right. Suicide prevention, and then we really get into the meat of it. Like how to train with firearms, like how, what goes on with the gun, you know, single action, double action, revolver, uh, hammer fired, striker fired. So, you know, just a couple of videos on how things work, which yeah. we're not really going to look at right now. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> magazines versus clips. Yeah, you know, you walk into a gun store and you, you call a magazine a clip, they throw a paper clip at you. Yeah. <laughs> so they know it's not a clip, you know, that you're going for. So we just go over, you know, the basic stuff, you know, regular loading, unloading, how to possibly do it right. Right. How ammunition works, how bullets work. Okay, very comprehensive in that. Yeah, you know, just the basic NRA instruction. Uh, then we go into how to clean your gun, which is actually in your outline. Uh, they want you to know how to clean your gun, which I actually thought was pretty cool. I guess actually. that's good, too, because it also prevents you from having any uh, negligent discharges or leaving your gun loaded while you clean it. So if you know how to clean it and you know what you're supposed to do, then I guess that alleviates that problem. Agreed. And I thought it was a really good idea that they included that. So we go over just some, you know, nice tips and stuff, shooting hygiene, uh, storage, which obviously is very important. Now, what is, the New York <clears throat> State law now with, with storage, mm. it has to be because I, I saw, for example, if you had minors in the home, it's a different law than if you don't have minors or prohibited persons in the home. Yeah, obviously, Nassau County versus Suffolk County, because Suffolk County doesn't really care. I guess, oh, OK, at this it's point. just a Nassau. Really, law. Nassau oh, County is the one okay. that wants to notarize leather, whether you ha whether you have uh, uh, children in your home, whether full-time or part-time. I think that's so ridiculous. <laughs> it is, it What is. businesses are theirs if I have Agreed. kids in my home or not. So you have to have um, your firearms secured. So like, for example, some people would have, let's just say, a display of guns on their wall. Now, that would obviously be unsecured firearms, so that now is not allowed. Correct. So they even, uh, from what I was reading, um, even if you have a display of guns, they would have to have trigger locks on them. They have to basically be made... Have something. Yeah, yeah. okay. It has to be made safe. Right. And unaccess unaccessible to unauthorized people. Okay. Whether they're your children or someone just coming in your house right, and a just prohibited taking person. guns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, go going over how to carry in your car. Uh, and this is a great one. Holsters. Yeah. Holsters, literally, I can go on this topic for probably about three hours because there's just so much crappy stuff on yeah. the internet that is fueled by Facebook. And yeah, all those advertisements from cheap Chinese importers terrible. and sellers, and oh, this holster is great; it fits right in your pocket, but it doesn't have a trigger protection, or you exactly. know, it's just stuff like that. I see all the time. Good man, good man. You know, so I go over like what's the definition of a safe holder, like what holster, like what are you actually looking for? A lot of people have no idea the qualities that they're looking for. Right. Like, first of all, that trigger needs to have one hundred percent trigger coverage, right? And it has to be rigid, like so. If it's like an bend in or if it's you know not locking in or something like that that's that's dangerous you know yeah. so um another good one too is you need access to your full firing grip 
A lot of these holster companies are getting all these gimmicky stuff that you can't even get to the grip anymore. So it winds up uh, being a problem trying to get your gun out of your you know, holster. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we talk about retention and why it's important versus you know level one, two, three, and four and where you would use them, why you would use them. Uh, inside waistband, outside right. uh, AIWBs, holster locations, um, you know, <laughs> is it safe or is it not safe, uh, you know? Getting people involved in my training, you know? Talking about all these different... Oh, that one, oh. That one right there. That, <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're there. terrible. It's just like a leather holster, no trigger coverage, uh, no retention. So really, if you can flip over your holster and give it like a slight wiggle test, we're not talking shake, we're just talking wiggle. If it doesn't come out, then that's what you're looking for. But if that thing can come right out, that yeah. is not a good holster. And the one that uh, Taylor was pointing Oof. out that he freaked out about is a leather holster uh, that has been worn in so much. It was actually a police officer's um, holster that when he bent over, it got caught behind the trigger and it actually pulled the trigger. Yeah, and the leather is is bunched up in front of the trigger guard, uh, in front of the trigger and pushing the trigger rearward, c- potentially discharging the firearm. It did discharge. Oh, the firearm. OK. Well, and it actually go. went through the guy's leg. Yeah, this oh. is a cop's, a cop's gun. <laughs> so I have the one next to it is called a reinforced mouth, which is good still. But yeah. the problem is, is that if I flip that thing upside down, there's no retention to right. it unless there's like maybe a magnet in it or something. But even that's even kind of gimmicky. Yeah, leather is is good and bad for for some applications. Hundred um, percent. Really got to look at what you're buying and look at what you're using it for. Nylon stickies, you know, uh, belly bands, ankle holsters, uh, cross straw behind the back. I mean, a lot of these places. If it's not really on you, like just think about it. It was a guy that uh, he was a cop and he was being held up in a bodega and he had a ankle holster on. Mm. And the guy said to me, Lisa, you know what? That gun must have been in the car. Right. That's how far away it it. was from me. Because if it's not right in your hand's reach, you really don't have it. Also, one thing I noticed with the under the shoulder holster, like Mm. the old school Miami device, that does have an application but it's very limited as to very discreet, more personal protection detail mm-hmm. or concealing a larger firearm than mm-hmm. what might be able to go on your waist, like a submachine gun or a PDW. Um, going under your arm to cross draw <laughs> is not the most natural thing for people. So that's something to think about. It's also dangerous because you always wind up flagging yourself if you don't get your arm out of the way. Uh. And secondly, because you're uh, literally pointing the gun exactly, at yourself or to, your arm, one right, way or another, yeah. you're, you're gonna flag yourself unless you get your arm out of the way, <laughs> you know, and like look like a yeah, hump, yeah. you know. But um, if you are gonna wear something like that, just make sure the gun is pointed pointed down yeah. and not back, because now you're hu- muzzling everybody behind you. Right. Only try to muzzle yourself if you don't mind. Um, and like this one, the crossbreed, uh, where it's like half kydex in the front and it's like material in the back, which can be bunched up as well, you know, inside of the trigger. So here's, you got your sticky and your uh, belly band, which is, you know, if you really most likely cannot get that thing out in time, at least under two seconds quickly and safely. If that thing is loaded and you go to try to pull that out in under two seconds, you wind up going to wind up hurting yourself. So we always talk about that Tuller method where it's 1.5 seconds, someone can run 21 feet. Mm. So if I don't have a draw to first shot in, say, two seconds, I'm going to need 28 feet of distance for someone running at me for me to get my gun out onto them. So it's not really realistic at that point because if I need if I take any longer, I'm going to need an email from the guy telling me <laughs> that he's coming at me, right? Yeah. So just to give you an idea, when I first started holster pulls, I was uh, – and I only started holster pulling, like, say, about a year and a half ago. 
so it's very fresh to me as as a shooter myself. So I was about 3.69, which is a terrible uh, time for an instructor. Mm. Now I'm up to about a 1.2, and okay. that's because I consistently practice all the time. If you are not practicing with your firearm, draws, you know, dry firing or at the range, every 72 hours, you're diminishing your skills. Mm. They are perishing. A lot of people don't realize that. They go, oh, I go once a month. Oh, I shoot. If you shoot once a month, that is not enough. Even once a week is not oh, enough. Yeah. yeah. So. Like, for example, I, I play guitar. I'm a musician. And where we're sitting right now is our studio. And I can't tell you how many times I pick up a guitar and my hands hurt and I'm rusty because I don't play as much as I used to. And I've been playing guitar since I was 12 years old. Wow. So, like, I have a blister that popped on my finger because mm. I hadn't played guitar in forever. But that was just from one day of playing. And it's just like, well, it just skills are perishable. You have to keep it up. Exactly. Just get close for me. It's about to die. It's all right. No, I'm going to get through it quick. Uh, the one thing I do want to talk about to your listeners is the uh, trigger release holster, which is mostly known as the Blackhawk Serpa. Okay. Very dangerous. One of the most negligent discharged holsters on the market. It's also the ones that's mostly used by police. Uh, the police uh, usually gives these out to their uh, to their police officers to use. What happens is. They have to release the button inside the trigger. So when they go to pull it up, your finger automatically goes into the trigger. And what do you think would happen? Because you uh, you have to push it, and Correct. then your finger is still pushing as you're pulling it up. Correct. Yeah, I've heard about that. A lot of people say this is a training thing, which it is. It Don't is. get me wrong. But why would you want to even in the heat of the moment have to deal with something like that? It's right. just not necessary. And then the next problem with that is a little piece of dirt gets in that button. I seen three grown men trying to get that gun out of that holster and they could not do it mm. over a piece of dirt. Yeah. So that's not worth it to me. So talk about concealment. I I love this picture because the <laughs> bottom the bottom left is like what you think you look yeah. like, and the top one's kind of really what you do look like in the beginning. But really on the right is what you should look like. So right. if it's out, it's okay. But if it, you're really printing like that, you got to be very very careful. All right. So the left has a gentleman with like a Glock, <laughs> like a two foot tall Glock sticking out of his pocket, and the right is a very slim woman uh, appendix carrying. I wish I was that thin. Me too. <laughs> Me too. But, you know, really showing it's okay to be a little bit wider, but right. don't be like showing the grip of the gun right. like the top picture shows. Um, and usually when you're first concealing, you you're know, it conscious. feels very yeah. awkward. You feel like you are showing everyone. Meanwhile, most likely people really aren't looking. I mean, I walk around with the word instructor on me, firearms all over me, and I have a gun on me, and people have no idea I have a gun right. on me. They're like, you would never know. You have yeah. to just conceal it right. Also there are... seasonally, too, like you could cover more in the wintertime or like with looser clothing than you could get away with, let's just say, in the summer. Exactly. Also, just depending on your gear. Like, there's some good gear out there right now. Like, I'm going to uh, plug the Filster Enigma. I don't know if you heard of it. I'm actually yeah. wearing it right now. It actually keeps it divorced from your pants. So I don't have to wear a gun belt anymore. Oh, that's It's good. actually on my body. It's pretty cool. I have a picture of it in here, too. Let's see if I can pass through it. This is actually the company, Filster Enigma. Oh, okay. Um, this is with a claw. This is my old setup with the claw, how it brings the grip in like that, which is a fantastic uh, way to, to really bring it in. Uh, let me bring, here's the Filster Enigma. So that's what I'm wearing. Oh, that's interesting. So it's on my body, and it has a leg leash, and uh, she's obviously wearing yoga pants. So it would be, like, <laughs> be under the yoga pants, but she, you know we can't show anybody naked, so yeah. <laughs> this is what it looks like. But um, it's really state-of-the-art. Um, it's great for force-on-force. Force. It's great for women who wear yoga pants, um, people who wear scrubs, any kind of like that type of clothing right, where you where would you see can't. print more. Yeah. And it's like heavy. Where now it's on me. So think about it. When I go to the bathroom, right? And this is going to get a little personal. But 
I just undo the leg leash and I tuck it in and I bring the whole system up and then I take my underwear down, I do what I got to yeah. do and then I reverse it. For you guys, you're simple. You could just do what you got to right. do. You don't have to really do anything. And you also don't have to take the gun off of your body and potentially leave it somewhere exactly. or, or have to yeah manipulate it in any way. And that's usually what happens is people leave it on the back uh, of the tissue thing yeah. or on the back of the toilet and next thing you know, we have an issue. Yeah. So uh, it's a really cool system. It comes, uh, I like the Filsta Enigma Express with the sports belt because the Express comes already together. Otherwise, you could build it yourself, but it's really like, it was a little above me, honestly. Okay. So I got it kind of like, you know, done. Yeah, and what's a... cool about their stuff is it comes with the red dot already cut out for it, so you don't have to worry about, oh, is my red dot going to fit? Oh, it's an interesting, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. And uh, you could wear the holster separately, like off of the system if you wanted to, just as a regular, like, AIWB. Okay. Yeah, really, really cool. They also just came out with another... Um, it's called stackable wedges, which is so state of the art. It's literally what you know what a wedge is, yeah. right? It goes on the back of the holster and like kind of helps the, the printing. Level it out. Right. Out, like yeah. when you see it really sticking out. There's you could put a, a, a wedge and another wedge right on top of it and start stacking them out, which oh, I cool. thought was fantastic. And all different sizes too, like big beans, little beans, little squares, little I was like, that is genius. Anyway. So going over conditions, this is something that um, the uh, state wanted uh, everybody to go over is like knowing how the status of your firearm is. Like, are you loaded? Are you unloaded? Right. What is condition zero? What is condition four? And what is the in-between? Um, and doing like something called a press check, which I'm sure yeah. you're familiar with, right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's a press check. There you go. Yeah. So and how to reholster. So, <laughs> so, you know, these people that want to do a CCW and they've never pulled from a holster in their life, they're going to be sorely mistaken on how dangerous that is. Right. And most- Especially under pressure. Hundred percent. So, like we said before, you want a two-second draw to first shot. But again, if you have a two-second draw to first shot, and you have a two-minute decision-making skill. What good is that? Right. Right. So we have to kind of mix the best of both worlds. Um, so just talking about grip and how to really get it out the inside the waistband, releasing mags, section review, stance. You know, we go over literally right. everything, everything. Yeah, this you is could very comprehensive. Think of. And she's she's skipping a lot of slides, just going through it, through it, trying to find the highlights. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a lot of information yep. in here. Range etiquette. That's that's a big one. Jesus. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people don't go over that, which no, is scary no. because some people have to learn it the hard way. Unfortunately, if they make mistakes or they have somebody <laughs> give them a hard time or yep. you know, I mean that. Not that I I, I kind of learn by going to a range and, and watching videos online and stuff because I kind of just threw myself into it. Like I didn't really have anybody show me. So that's something you don't want to learn the hard way. Accidentally getting accidentally flagging somebody really just unintentionally. But then that person might not be in the coolest sport about it and really giving you a hard time or yelling at you or potentially there, there could be some sort of physical ex es escalation of that. Or how about this? There was a young girl, didn't know anything about malfunctions, and she had a malfunction. Yeah. And she goes, oh, what's wrong with my gun? She looked into the back no, of the gun. No, no. Yeah, right into the Jesus eye. Christ. Died right there, man. 21 oh, years old, God. beautiful girl. Blonde hair, blue eyes, beautiful, beautiful girl. And listen, I cannot tourniquet an eye. No, guys. you can't. I can't. Yeah. I can only tourniquet your arm and your right. leg. You know, so please do not. Oh, look down the business end yeah. of, a, of a anything a rifle or a pistol because you don't know if it's a hang fire or right. something like that and it goes off as a precipitable delay of the primer right you're gonna have a problem right that we cannot fix even if i'm cleaning my gun or i'm, I'm looking at something it, it's always just like all right it's unloaded you sure yeah all right and then you look like especially like because i deal with older guns mostly so like sometimes the only way you could check barrel condition is by looking down the the business end of it but obviously it's unloaded and whatever you know it but it's just still you're always just like 
you always just have that like, all right, you you definitely got to make sure of this. Keep you know? it safe yeah. for sure. And one last thing I wanted to bring up before we uh, finish this. I know we're, yeah. we're wrapping up. The best thing that you could do to bring your skills up in this world for cheap is dry fire. Yeah. A lot of people underrepresent dry fire. And I honestly think it's one of the best resources that we have. I was going to ask you a question. Speaking of that, um, mm. one one thing I see online, and a lot of people have covered like YouTube video topics of it, is training with airsoft pistols in your or in your home or your backyard. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times they make them very realistic, like mm -hmm. a Glock, like a Glock 19, for example. Like they make a BB gun out of a Glock 19, mm -hmm. and it's the same weight. It has blowback, but just for the the picking up and pulling out and shooting, or you know, presenting or holster training with something like that. I mean, is that do you think that's a viable option for that? And obviously, not firing like actual live ammunition but just like practice draw practice trigger press practice this do you think that's a viable option for people i do think it has tremendous value to yeah. it but sometimes and it, it, the problem is is that yes you get in the grip and the feel and the weight but the trigger is not the same right and the recoil is not the no same. of course not so to me yes getting your hand on it learning yeah. how to do the mechanics perfectly yeah that is invaluable okay. but when it comes to trigger that in itself is its own world right. and if you don't understand how a trigger works because there a lot of people i don't know if your listeners know this but there's stages to a trigger right. you know there's the part that doesn't really do anything the there's the part right the there's wall, the part the exactly break. the part right yeah. exactly so the part that actually works that's the part that people suck at right they're really good at 85 percent that the trigger doesn't do anything to right. but the part that the 15 percent that matters they suck at it right. so Working with an airsoft, it's not the same thing. No, it's not for actual firing. I was right. just talking about if you're in your home and you want to practice yes. draws and you don't want to like be pointing around a, a gun Correct. or you know you don't have one yet. Let's just say mm -hmm. in a lot of play in a lot of situations, like I don't have a pistol permit, I don't have handguns. So like let's just say I wanted to practice that mm -hmm. and and do that so that way I was proficient even before I got a handgun. You know, just that mechanics of it, you would 100%. say. Yeah, okay. Definitely viable. And also, when you do get your gun, you could do something called uh, laser dry fire. Yes. Where you put a laser cartridge inside of, like, say, your 9 millimeter breech, and you close the slide. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're in a safe direction. No one's bothering you. Right. La, la, la. We've checked a no thousand ammunition. times. Right, yeah. exactly. That when we're working on that, that's great, because now your trigger's involved. Right. Again, we don't have the boom which is fine. We work right. on that with live fire. <laughs> yeah. But what happens with live fire is a lot of people wind up anticipating a lot yes. because they're anticipating the boom. Yeah. I would say 85% of my clients have this problem where they, yeah. you know, they, they drop or dip right before the shot goes off. Yeah. So the way to get past that is dry firing. Yeah. You have to do it so much that when you go to the range and shoot live fire that you consistently think of dry fire so you don't dip the gun every time. Right. I was working with one of my girls yesterday and she was dipping big time. So I said, do yourself a favor, drop it out, empty it out, do about 15 to 20 dry fire pulls, and then go back to live. Right. She was great when she went back to live for a couple of rounds, but then after that, it started going back to same old business. And that's just practice, practice. And practice. that's because she didn't do enough dry fire. When okay. she, if she did it at home, say every three days or so for like 50, 75 pulls, by the time she comes back in like a week or two weeks or even a month, she won't have that drop anymore because right. she'll resort to that muscle memory of dry fire. Right. Okay. It's fantastic. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, which we, we kind of touched earlier in your opinion and from <clears throat> what you've seen what makes a good ccw class and what makes a bad one because people who listen might not live on long island they might not be able to call you for a class if they live mm -hmm. upstate or you know um and they have to now navigate this maze of new laws new regulations new things what in your opinion and from what you've seen um 
makes a good class and what makes a bad class? Good question. First of all, look at the instructor and ask for his qualifications for yeah. one. You want to see what, who and where he has trained, okay? It, it should be either NRA or either USCCA instructor, first off, one way or another. The next thing you really want to ask is, when was the last time that they took a training on themselves in terms of firearms? Not medical training, not, you know, whatever, some random stuff. You know, we want to hear, when did you take a class and what kind of class was it? If it wasn't in the last year and it wasn't relevant, then that's something I would, you know, really heed to. It also depends on who they are. Like, let's just say you're talking with somebody who was... Obviously, like, let's just say 20 years in the military and they did all this stuff. I mean, to them, maybe taking a class would be a little bit redundant based on their experience and their skills. But um, I guess that would be another thing you would ask them. What are your qualifications? What are your skills? What are your training set? And everything. I mean, honestly, if I heard an instructor say that his last, you know, his last experience of, of getting trained was military 20 years ago, I would probably go look for somebody else okay. because that's not going to be the most relevant training. And training changes all the time. It's not a golden book like a Bible. It's always consistently training and keeping up with the times. Okay. And, um, you know, you really have to be in the world and training yourself to realize that. Okay. And the second that you think you know everything that's where your downfall will start because it's always a consistent learning process. I am a learner and I'll always be a learner. I will never know everything. And everything, even stuff that I trained three years ago, I completely have changed my theory today because it just, it was, it, then it made sense, but now it doesn't. Like, right. you know, things change and you learn like, hey, I was, I was pushing stun guns and really pepper spray was really the way to go. And it's like, I got stunned with a stun gun and I was like, that's it? No yeah, wonder. depending on the stun gun, yeah. Well, I'm not talking like an, a prod, but right. we're talking like just a regular stun gun that you buy from like, you know, the bodega yeah, or something. a lot of them are not. If you've never been stunned with one and you heard somebody go, dzz, dzz, you know, you'd be like, okay, I'm not messing with you. Right. But if you actually felt it before, it's really not that big of a deal. I'd be like, that's all you got? <laughs> so if you pepper sprayed me, yeah, now I'd be on different. the floor, you know, snotting and, yeah. you know, crying out my eyes and I wouldn't be able to fight. Right. That would incapacitate me. So the training that I did back then saying, you know oh don't do pepper spray do yeah. right so things change you know and just just try to be relevant so and another thing i would look for as a qualified uh ccw instructor is that how many people are they putting in that class because you gotta remember so many new people in one class that could be dangerous right. a lot of people they're not watching if there's not enough instructors like i said before we have five instructors on every single point. So one point right. has an instructor. If there's two instructors and five points and there's 40 students in one class, right. I think I'd have a problem with that. Also, personally, I don't think that I would feel comfortable putting my name on every student that I had about two minutes with. When I go through classes with me, I make sure that by the time they leave me, that they are, first of all, shooting a great grouping, which most of them are. Yeah. And if they're not, I work with them as best I can to get them in that grouping because I wouldn't feel confident signing off on them and being like, oh, yeah, they can go shoot in the streets, you know right. what I mean, when they can't. Right. So when they're done, I actually uh, pull in their targets. They have their name on it, and I have them stand in front of their target and take a picture of oh, it. Okay. And I document everything along with their test and their shirt. <laughs> no, just because I like to, you know, they call it covering your ass yeah CYA. i cover my ass that yeah. i make sure everything is is legit you know so um that's something i would look for and is the instructor 
speaking to you. Like if he's speaking in terms that you cannot understand and way above you, that's not someone I would want to learn from. You need someone who's going to break it down to you. And that's kind of how I got started. You know, I had like this guy, a military guy who was just like, yeah, get this, get that. He was way above me. And uh, by the time I got home with my gun, I was petrified of it because Mm. I didn't understand how it worked. If you would have slowed it down and said, hey, this is the loading gate and this is the uh, magazine tube and this is how you chamber around. And he didn't do any of that. He did it for me. And so by the time I went to go shoot the gun, all I had to do was pull the trigger. I didn't even take the safety off you know so this this is why it's important to really have someone that speaks to you and that is on your level of understanding because if they're talking way above you then what good is that when you leave with that certificate it's on you and your responsibility and whether you understood what that instructor said it's not my responsibility that you didn't understand it or you didn't ask enough questions right so, um, like I said before, my last class, they stayed extra because they really wanted to put into themselves. And uh, we were working on that dry fire, man. It, it really brought them up. I and mean, even when we went to the range, we did dry fire. Before they even threw around down range, we were all doing dry fire. Very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I don't know if this is going to be con- kind of a controversial question, but when all this came out, um, there was, let's just say, a certain um, business that was charging a ridiculous amount mm-hmm. for this course and then there were other people that would, were charging a, a seemingly more reasonable cost mm-hmm. from somebody who's who's made this course has to pay the range fee has to pay the instructors has to actually have business and operating expenses what what's your opinion on why the cost is so varied amongst <laughs> places and how uh, an expensive course might not be the best course you know what i mean Correct. if you could maybe give some insight on that because a lot of people like again on reddit and all, all these online things like why is this this much i know somebody could do it for this and it's like well is there a good medium is mm-hmm. does price reflect on the quality of the course what you know so maybe you could give some insight onto that that's a fabulous question <laughs> and i get it all the time i had actually had a guy mess uh email me the other day he goes Please explain to me how you came up with the price of your course. And then I said, uh, he said, uh, I could do it for a lot cheaper in New Jersey or something like that. So my response was, sounds like that's a good route for you to go. And I just stopped it like that. And he goes- you can't talk to somebody like that right. who is automatically just denying. It. Well, not even penny pitching, but just denying what you do. And also, if he takes a course in New Jersey, that has no bearing, bearing. on New York. Nope. You're not going to, like, looking through this slide that you just did, like, I didn't see one thing about New Jersey in there. And I'm sure if you take it in New Jersey, they're not going to say anything about New York. Correct. Also, um, you know, things change through counties. So yes. if you're not county specific, then we're going right. to have problems. So, yeah, you're right. Um, I think that um, we have to, there is expenses. Yes, There's, of course. You know, just like you said, we have all those things. The company that you're referencing, I'm not going to say the <laughs> no. name. No. But they actually have an on-site classroom. Yes. So they pay rent. They have overhead and stuff like that. Yes, That's fine. Obviously. So, whether it's more or less, I can't really vouch in that behalf. Right. But for what I'm charging, I'm charging basically half of what they're yes. charging. And I don't have rent uh, in, besides, like, actually as a building. But right. I do rent the range, and I have to right. rent lecture space. I have to pay for my employees, you know, whatever. Insurance so, policy. right. So the problem is with the cheap class is that you get, like, one instructor for 40 people, and that's where things get dangerous. Right. Um, okay. And then, the the tw- you know, the 
the $200 guy, you know, he books out until February and then everybody doesn't want to wait. So it starts like kind of trickling back. Mm. Um, I never went the cheapest because I'm a sales engineer. And if anybody's ever bought anything in their life, you never go for the most expensive and you never go for the cheap. You always go right in the middle. And that's kind of where I, I placed it okay. for a couple of reasons. One, I kind of wanted to keep the scale of the earth out of my class <laughs> because honestly, at like 200 bucks, yeah. that's kind of what you're getting. Right. You're a certificate mill at that point, right? And I saw that class and um, it was they were very young kids and nothing against young kids, but you know, they didn't look very interested. They were falling asleep and it just looked like, you know, do this, do that, here you go, you right. know, kind of thing. And then the other side where it's more and more expensive and it's like, well, what are they doing more than I am? Right. They're really not. So it really is, you know, who you're taking it from, I feel is your value. If you're a brand new instructor and you're charging, say, $800 a person, that's going to be hard to sell when you right. don't really have that credibility behind you. But if you're, and then again, the other way, you're selling it for $200, it's like, what kind of value are you going to get out of that? Right. So I kind of went right in the middle, okay. you know, and uh, just kept it, you know, I, I'm very reasonable for what I am. I only charge 500 and I think that's pretty reasonable considering, you know, I'm with you for four nights right? and uh, I have a, to pay for yeah. everything, yeah. you know. Doesn't, yeah, it's four nights, range time, instructor time, insurance, overhead, yep. materials. Plus even to create right, this to course. to create this course, submit everything. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a lot. Even just the, the the binding of it was annoying. Like just to get it to be go to like Staples to be binded. <laughs> right. Like, this is annoying. Right. But, right. Um, you know, all that stuff costs. And even it took me a month and a half to create this content. So right. that's a month and a half of your you, time. And it's. Yeah, there there That's has to be the is. yeah the value and the justification of it. Obviously, there's going to be ridiculousness on either end. And mm -hmm. when this course came out, everyone was more annoyed that the fact that not at the people giving the course, but they're like, we have to now pay this extra money to do this course. When when before, to if we got a CCW, we didn't have to do any of this. And that's now the state making these laws and doing these things. And it, you could say it's a benefit and a negative at the same time because the benefit would be that people are now trained. I some people don't like my opinion on this, but I don't think that the government should mandate training to exercise a right. Understood. But I think that it is valuable that people need to know how to use a gun before you take it out into the world and potentially hurt someone with it. So there's that it's the personal responsibility aspect of it. And I think if you have to take personal responsibility on and get trained, you want to get the best value and the best one that you can. Exactly. Um, looking at this course and going over it with it, I think it's very comprehensive and I think it is very um very well thought out and it's it's everything you need and kind of nothing you don't. There's not there's nothing frivolous in here that I saw. It's just and very specific too, like because um some people don't know how bullets work. Like for example, a lot of times in the news, like they'll see they'll or media they'll, they'll show a gun firing and the whole ammunition casing bullet comes out rather than just the projectile. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, really? Who who does this? Like so it's just miss you know, things like that that I think people really need to learn. Hey, how does a bullet work? How does ammunition work? What type of guns there are? Um, and because this is a gun channel, one thing, I, I guess one kind of last question I, I wanted to ask is, um, people who come to your class normally, do they already have firearms? Do they have, let's just say, a pistol? Or do they mostly, like you said earlier, you don't have to possess a pistol in order to take this course, let's just say. Um, what, what kind of firearms do you see coming through the class? What's a more common firearm? What's a good firearm for somebody who wants to take this class, potentially? 
Yeah, sure. I do see a big array of different firearms, modern and older ones, which I thought was kind of funny. You know, you got the older guys that come yeah. in with like, you know, the 30-year-old semi-auto or the revolver. Uh, but other than that, they're mostly pretty modern that will come in, and they usually do own them most of the time. I okay. would say 90% of my students have their own gun and their own license at the okay. time. I would say 10% don't. And in that case, I would let them borrow one of mine to use for the qualification. Funny, funny fact doesn't say you have to use a 9 for the qualifier or a 22. It doesn't say any caliber. Right. So you could really use whatever the hell you want, right. honestly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I see a lot of SIG uh, 365s coming through. I see a lot of um, Glocks, obviously. Yeah. Um, really, the you know, the best way to really do this is really go and understand what fits you the best. Because right. I can't say everybody gets a Glock 19 Gen 5. It just doesn't work like that. You know, I'm not Oprah. But, right. <laughs> but what happens is, is it really depends on your hand strength. Um, you know, especially with women, we're, we're weak in our hands. Uh, what is our length of our finger pull? Um, uh -huh. What uh, Can we rack the slide? Yeah, can I drop the magazine with my dom thumb? Does it feel well in my hands? Like, does it shift? Does, does the beaver tail, like, shift in the back of my hand? Mm -hmm. All this stuff is relevant. So I can't say what is the best and whatever, but the new gun that just came out, the Walther PDPF, I actually have it on me now. This one? Do you see it? Oh, nope, nope, try that one. Oh, okay. Walther PDPF. Really, really nice. It's actually, uh, its claim to fame is the back strap to the trigger is very short. Oh. So people with short hands don't compromise anymore. Okay, so that's interesting. So they can drop the, the mag easy. It has a very easy to rack, nice wide serrations Yeah, Walters on it. are very ergonomic guns. They're very well designed in the hand. They are. Yeah. And uh, it has like a 1911 style of uh, angle yeah. to the grip instead yeah. of like the Glock, like a little bit more forward. Yeah. So for the woman's wrist, it kind of sits well in my hand. Oh, I actually have very long fingers, and this gun, I have the 3.5 version. There's a 4.0 uh, length in slide. I went with the smaller one because most of my clientele have little hands. So when I shoot this gun, I actually have to compromise my grip a little bit in terms of just bringing it back so I don't blow my thumbs off. Okay. But other than that, it's a fantastic gun, uh, and they really shouldn't have wrote it as F for female because – Men, unfortunately, not like guys like you, because you guys are like, you know, you guys are real men. You guys are like wear pink kind of thing, eh. right? Or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're real guys, you know? You don't care about that kind of stuff. But if you would have, some guys would be turned off to saying, oh, that's for females. Yeah, they should have just put like thing. S for yeah, small slim, or something small, or slim. Yeah. Compact. Right. Like why did you have to put F? So why I think they did that is because they wanted to focus on females for right. once, but it's At such least a it's good gun. Pink. Thankfully. That, oh, I wouldn't have bought it. Trust I me. I hate that. Yeah, really bad. So um, great gun. That's one I would ask for women to try out uh, if they wanted to really get a good gun for them. If they have really long fingers, go with the 4.0. But uh, great gun and uh, fantastic, um, you know, real accurate. Cool. For sure. All right. I think that's pretty much everything, unless yeah. there's anything else you want to cover with this. No, no? I think we're good, All man. Right. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. All right. Well, always a pleasure having you on. I look forward to hearing more in the future about any new things that develop, any new classes, any new... Uh, anything really great um thank you everyone for listening uh again check us out on facebook and instagram follow us on apple podcasts spotify as well um and pretty much wherever else you get your podcast from thanks guys and stay safe